All right, welcome to episode number 160 of Agency Journey. This week, as you can tell from the video, if you're watching the video, if you're not listening to the podcast audio version, we've got Remington Bag from Impulse Creative back on the podcast. How you doing what, today, what? Remington? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, so we talked two and a half years ago. Yeah. And you guys... <laughs> Um, so that's the beginning of 2016, I guess. For I always forget to timestamp mm-hmm. things, not realizing everybody yep. listens the moment this comes out. I don't know what's wrong with some people. Right. Um, <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> but we talked a lot about your story and then impulse and building the team and some of the, some of the things that you had. So I thought what we could do is maybe we go um, in medias race and we go yeah. uh, kind of start with where you guys are today, hear a little bit of what you're about because you've pivoted the business a little i mean the agency is still kind of the agency but you're offering different services than where you were at yep two and a half years ago so maybe we start with what you're doing today and kind of state of the agency and go back to how some things have changed yeah so um so actually this podcast that that podcast episode was a pretty defining moment um not just because it was on your podcast but because (laughs) um because of a you know it it was one of those things that I couldn't ignore about like talking about that I had it all figured out. So I'll get back to that in a little bit. But today um, we've got 14 people working in Impulse Creative. I used to look at that as a notch in a belt and it's yep. not to me anymore. So that's a big difference. But but as we look at as we look at the agency, um, we made a pretty dramatic shift over the past probably 18 months that we um, we decided that we really needed to focus and differentiate. Everyone else talks about differentiation, like, oh, let's go down a certain industry path or something like that. And what we wanted to do was come across more platform agnostic and really talk about results rather than being just dedicated to one tool. Um, and at the same time, we learned a lot of lessons over the over the years previous. So now today, Impulse is, um, you know, we, we center around this compass. And the com- the co- idea of the compass is that you need design, development, marketing, and sales in order to really define your brand. And they all have to be speaking the same language. And so we've got experts in each one of those areas and facets that can drive the results needed to help people grow their companies. And so we look at brand being the cornerstone of a company's growth. And, it you know, so we've really defined our messaging a lot better. We've learned a lot of lessons in the past and I had a great opportunity to press the reset button so we can get more into that later. (laughs) So you said design, development, marketing, and sales. Those are the four. Yep. The four pillars. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, um, and you've got people of service there, but that's a model that isn't familiar to most companies. Right. Clients. So how does that during the sales process or they come to you for help? How much are you leaning on that and explaining that? Are they buying in or is that do they just see that as a, this is what the agency thinks is important? And if they get us the right design and development, that works for us. Yeah, so I think it's a mix. Um, the good news is I'm not in the sales process as much anymore, which means the things actually move faster. Uh, but <laughs> the big the the big thing that has, you know, that's really worked is there's more and more opportunities for interruption, you know, in the consumer company relationship. And at the same time, there are all these different messages that companies put out. And as companies are putting out all these different messages, their, their consistency is really what defines success. And that's brand. And so when we're talking about design, mm-hmm. what it looks like, 
development, what it feels like, content, how we speak about it, you know, the the where we're targeting, like all that stuff has to be on the on the same rails. Otherwise, you might as well be 14 different companies. Um, and so by refining that message, Darmesh talked about it last year at Inbound about like aligning all the vectors. And he was talking about people, but really by utilizing an agency or at least having the standards that that you need as a company, mm-hmm. we force that upon our clients in a very friendly way, but it aligns all the vectors in their messaging visually, contextually, and of course the user experience too. Um, and so they don't usually come for that, but after they've talked to us a little bit, they're like, holy crap, yeah, I, I do have completely different header photos or right. I don't have the same bio picture anywhere. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very precise thing. So a lot of times you get that oh shit moment and it's like, yes, we got it. So, I've, I mean, my assumption is pretty much everybody would lump design and development under marketing. Sure. So what's, what's kind of unique about that and pulling that out and saying this needs to be consistent across the entire, at least front half of the customer experience and presumably right. across the, the entire customer experience is you're not just saying like the cliche of, hey, marketing and sales need to come together and now you've got a growth team or you've got a revenue team or whatever. It's not just that you've got these two things, but you're pulling in some other pieces and saying like all these need to be working in conjunction, which is a cool uh, different, it's a different approach than what and I've seen yeah. other people who try and pull the two, pull marketing and sales together do. And I think that that might provide some extra leverage to you guys. Yeah. And, and then on the other side, and we'll get into the, the website redesign and the whole, the whole process about restructuring our message. Um, one of the things, you know, everyone talks, especially this year at inbound, it was all about the customer, right? And everyone talks about customer centric marketing they have for years, but no one actually does it or pays attention to the data. And so, you know, we we realized that people came in and talked to us about website design and didn't really talk to us about inbound marketing. We like we like force fed them inbound marketing is what they needed because Mm -hmm. we believe what we believe. And it's not that inbound marketing is not what they need, but some in some cases they may need some, you know, some outbound tactic and inbound flavor, if you will. Um, So we focused and made a major shift where we broke up all the little pieces of what's delivered in an inbound, like in an inbound strategy. And now we have, uh, I think we're up to almost 60 different service offerings that are on our website. And so everyone's like, holy crap, how do you keep track of all of that? And it's like, you do that every day. Like you're doing social, you're doing SEO. Mm -hmm. Well, you should be, you know, you're doing all of these things. We broke it up so that people understood all the different pieces and how we, how we pick and choose strategies in order to help people grow. So let me ask this because you talked about like getting focused and niching down. Yeah. Um, but you're offering different services. So mm-hmm. the horizontal specialization maybe is a piece, but maybe isn't. We can get into what's, what services you have. But uh, across 60, most people sure. would say that's not, you're not necessarily, if you're platform agnostic and you've got 60 different services, maybe you're not horizontally specialized. Sure. Depending on it's all. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. It, it probably gets over polarized where it's like yeah. either you're specialized and you do one thing or you're not specialized and you do more than one thing. It's like, well, there's some scale here between like totally whatever happens and completely making it up on the fly, which is we offer every single service sure. under the sun and then all the way down to right. One. Right. But then, so are you specializing? Are you working in verticals? Um, so, so we we work really well with people that want um, they want intentional growth, and what I mean by intentional growth is they have an actual goal that they want to accomplish. They want to know how they should get there, and over a certain time, 
And I know that, you know, especially with this wave of growth agencies that are going to be coming now, you know, like a lot of them kind of pitch that, but you can't throw someone into an inbound retainer that's four blogs a month and five social posts and, you know, 47, um, you know, $4,700 of pay-per-click in order to drive a drive that result. It has to be customized, but yet people still have like two packages or three packages, you know, on their site. So, so I like to think of us more as a T-shaped agency. So we're, we're really, really focused on making sure that that brand is consistent and then we then we branch off and make sure the communication is consistent across all of these different facets um, to a point where that consistency really accelerates growth. Um, you know, and, and so what we're doing right now is we one of the other lessons is our agency was kind of the redheaded stepchild from a marketing point of view. We've really put in like what's the best retainer that we want to sell? Like how much effort and time would we want someone to pay us for? And essentially what we're doing is we're using our own our own website this year and our own marketing initiatives this year to show someone what's possible. And so that's, that's the fun part of the case study as we're going forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, there's a lot we could dive into there cause we talk a lot yeah, about yeah. specialization and niching and how you figure that out. And the T-shaped approach sure. is um, something different. So I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. But let's go back yeah, yeah. in time here. You said the podcast we did <laughs> or that like that time and having that conversation was kind of a defining moment for you. What did you what what is that? Tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. So so as agencies, you know, I've seen a lot of different graphics. I think it's entrepreneurship in general, but like you have like I'm doing awesome, I suck. I'm doing yep, awesome, yep. I suck. And like or it's like this spaghetti plot of success rather than that straight line that everyone feels like it. Um, we actually, on our podcast, Wayfinding Growth, yesterday we were talking about how, um, you know, it's like you're a one-night wonder. Like you've figured this all out in one night because someone just discovered you. But at the same time, you know, we've owned the agency. This is going on 11 years now. Yeah. So a lot of times people are like, holy crap, 11 years. And, you know, that usually is that usually follows a question of, you know, how did you get where you are today? And I'm like, well, it took 11 years and they're a year and a half in and they're like, oh, you've got it all figured out. Right. The assumption is, oh, I've got nine more years, you know, so there's burnout and all that. But one of the things, the defining moment for me is um, we were on a really great growth trajectory, like painful looking back, but but on a really great growth trajectory a couple of years ago, we got some really great clients that came on. We had larger retainers. We had staff that... Um, seemed well motivated in the areas that we wanted them to be, and and I that podcast was how to how to keep and retain employees, right? right and I was like, right. I got this all figured out. Now um, I got a sobering realization that between when we recorded that episode and when it was actually posted, that that was not the case. But we still went through and published it, and and you know everything that I said in there was, was true. Like there's nothing wrong there, but the big thing that, um, I, I came to realize, and it was in every presentation I've done since when I'm talking to other agencies is like, this is how we're doing it. And then an asterisk, like we're still testing this too. Right. Because like, there's a lot of people like, uh, business, especially nowadays, especially in the agency area, changes so quickly. Like mm -hmm. we're talking about conversational marketing and chatbots this year. And two years ago, if I had told you that chatbots would be something you'd think about, you'd be like, whatever. Like, you know, death right. to the humans. Like that's not <laughs> going to happen. And and now it's now it's driving serious re re results for people. So 
So as things are developing and changing that quickly, you know, I look back at my business two years ago and it's like a completely different organization. And so when we think about the, you know, caring about your employees and measuring retention and and trying to understand how to grow, 300% year over year growth is not something that you want to advertise because that that's like, you know, that, that rocket that's going up and then suddenly it's going to run out of gas. And so essentially that's what happened to us. We, we had a little bit of a poaching issue. Um, we had people that were, that decided to jump on ship with other agencies. Other agencies were targeting some of our people because we're really good at training people. And, and so that, that put me into a really dark time personally for, Mm -hmm. for about six, six or eight months because I got bitter I was super pissed. We lost a bunch of clients and disclosure there. I'm actually glad looking back that we lost those clients because there's no way we could have serviced them the way that they needed to be serviced by losing. It was almost, I think it was 70% of our employees wow. all left in between when we recorded that podcast and when it actually published. Wild. So, so, you know, that being on the internet means it's true. And it's one of those things, I think I've listened to that sing, single episode probably three or four times, you know, since. And it's like, remember how confident you were with that? Like, right. where were you wrong and where did, where did things go? So, so that was a great tool for me. But, but as we, you know, move forward today, a lot of the things that I realized is I was going for what everyone else told me my management structure needed to be within the organization. And so, you know, I'd listen to a couple other agencies, the exact same scenario that I realized that people listening to that were probably like, oh, Remington's made it right. and and all these issues. And and I realized that, um, you know, just because the Kunos and the impacts and the whatever the other agency names are of the world are doing it a certain way doesn't mean that that's going to be success for me. And um, so that was a that was a huge lesson personally. But the other side was like from a management structure perspective, we went very horizontal in our management structure. Hmm. So it's my wife and myself. And I would rather, I would rather focus on building people who are accountable for their own actions across the board and then moving to a quasi pod structure, like more teams around things. And then, and then having shared accountability, right? So we have shared accountability for success. We have shared accountability for failure, but it's the idea that, you know, there isn't someone at a management level, who can taint or poison the well if you don't know what's going on. And so I don't spend as much time with each person as, you know, as I had in the past because there Mm -hmm. was someone else managing them. But now the ability and how we've structured it is like I go for um, every other week, I go for a walk with every single person virtually or in-house. And when I say virtually, like walking around the neighborhood on Zoom on my phone Um, or actually in real life right now it's super hot outside so we try to do those in the morning but you know but really focusing on the relationship side of the employment transaction not just the work side and and that's something that was completely missing out of last year's or two years ago's podcast is I was talking about how to keep them and it was only it was really just tactics yeah. where hmm. you know the other side of it is is the human side you want to know what's going on in their life because the outside influences in their life are going to affect the inside influences in the agency. 
Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Agency Journey. I'm Andrew. I'm a co-host here on the podcast, and I'm a founder of Zen Pilot. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love a five-star review and a comment on where you're listening from and what you're getting out of this podcast. You could drop that over on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to the podcast today. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the updates as they come out. And if you want to engage with other agency owners that are enjoying this podcast, join our community. Head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. That's going to take you to our special private Facebook group, a collection of owners from around the world who are on their own journey to build their own agency. So head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. Join the group today. And if you're at a point where you're ready for some help and you want to implement processes and systems to scale your agency, you can head over to zenpilot.com slash free training. And there you can watch a special 19 minute training presentation where we walk through the exact process that we use at Zenpilot to help agencies implement processes and systems so they can scale their business without reinventing the wheel for every client. And that allows agency owners to pull out of the weeds and spend more time working on their business. So hope you're enjoying the content here today. We'd love it if you join our community and we can't wait to hear where you are in your agency journey. Now back to the show. Do you think in that story, there's so much in that story that I think it's cool <laughs> to hear and just to understand, listen, that nobody actually has all their stuff together. Uh, no, no, no. Just, we're all just figuring it out. And the reward, I had this conversation a bunch with people at Inbound a couple weeks ago. Yep. The reward for getting this right in business or in anything else is more complexity. Like things don't get easier. It's just that the scale and the size of the problems uh, change. The snowball just increases. Yeah. Right. So yes, business is a momentum game and there are big parts of that that are very positive where you get more clients, you make those clients happy, you get more referrals than if you only make one client happy. Um, but the right. flip side is that when things don't go well and things are not always going to go well and you need to build in time and margin for the things that don't go well, um, that the snowball works in the opposite direction. Yeah. But I'm curious to know after having gone through that, you kind of hear both sides of it. There's some people who believe like you build really strong relationships with people, you train them super well and you have a career path and they'll be loyal and stick with your, with your organization. There's other people mm -hmm. who believe this is just the way that the market is like things change so quickly in the space. People yep. not necessarily at the core, but on the surface, change very quickly now because they're exposed to so many more influences than maybe they were at times in the past um, because of the technology that we have. And you just need to be prepared for someone to jump at any time and understand that you will have exceptions, but the average life cycle of a team member, you know, is somewhere between two and five years and depending, you know, if you're in the fast food industry, right. that's seven months. And if you're in a different industry, maybe that's 10 years, but it's not what it was where regardless people were sticking with you for a long period of time do you fall yeah. lean one way or the other in that like has your mindset on that changed after having so so i would say half of the people that left left because of the poaching mm -hmm. the other half that left um left because of the perception of where there's smoke there's fire yeah. and i got bitter right so um so it that comes down from the top and actually ryan on my team who's who's been with me the longest now um he was here during a lot of that he actually came up to me um candor is one of our core values when he came up to me and was like hey man like you just get it together 
<laughs> right. Cool. And, and, and it's, and it's true because, you know, like we, we have a lot of nautical references at impulse and, and, you know, the captain of the ship needs to make sure that everyone needs to know the captain knows where he's going. And so that's a personal thing, but from a company perspective, you know, you got to have those goals too. And I think, um, I, I think that a lot of that is because there's a disconnection, um, a disconnection between management or the, the boss or the agency personnel that, um, that causes people to not feel appreciated or not know that they matter. And so I think if you maintain that, that helps. And for, for asterisks, we're still testing this, yeah. right? But, but the, the big thing there is that there's this opportunity to, to learn more. And I actually saw a tweet by uh, Mike Volpe about um, it was, you know, he's a CEO now instead of a CMO. And like someone tweeted him was, and was like, or, or emailed him and he was like, are you an asshole now? Right. So there's this context that owners are assholes. And and I and I bring it back and talk to um, talk to my team quite a bit about it. And I've had conversations is um, so there's 14 people in my organization. So that's 13 people other than me. And if I want to talk to every single person each day about an issue, they've got eight hours or more of time to hang out and be thinking about things. But I don't have. I don't have an hour that I could spend with each person because right. of how much time is available in the day. So I've changed how I operate day to day by coming in at like 4.30 in the morning to get my stuff done before nine so that mm -hmm. I can serve the rest of the team during the day. But on the flip side of that, you know, they need the CEO, like the question about what the CEO does or the question about, we, we ask for transparency in everyone's job, but the CEOs and management don't typically share what's going on in their lives. Right their lives or their business, right? So like if they if they're having issues or they if they're not effective communicators, that causes as much of an issue as as anyone else. So to answer your question, yes, I think that there's an issue with people jumping from job to job, but I think that we also have a generation of people that more so now than ever um one see that the grass may be greener on the other side because of social media and other mm -hmm. connections. And then two, um, you know, the opportunities are endless. Like it used to be local, your local radius was where you could find a job. And now right. we've got half of our team is remote. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I think, um, we have to pivot and adjust to, but it really comes down to understanding there's human connection. Right. Right. Both of those are very important. And the other thing you see more today, I wasn't around, 20 years ago in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But from talking to people, the thing that I see is being very different. And we've had this happen to us in a short seven year, eight year journey or whatever. But if you build those strong relationships, um, there will be cases where people leave who maybe were the right people, um, but wanted another opportunity, an opportunity for people to return, yeah. like there should still be I think the reason to, I mean, it's just, are you transactional or are you looking to be a transformational leader? And, right. um, if you're transactional, the odds of those people coming back, like the way that you're going to respond to that. And there's obviously the human nature of, you feel like as the entrepreneur, you always feel like you're the one who gets left behind. You're never the one who gets to leave because it's your ship. Mm -hmm. You're always the one that gets left, left behind. And almost nobody's prepared for that when they get into entrepreneurship. Right. Well, and that's what we wear on our backs. I mean, that's why we do it. Right. Yep. But we forget that once things get crazy busy. Um, I love that. I love that term transformational leadership. So that's that was 
in the past, probably in the past 12 months, that's been a really huge thing for me is I went to, um, it was another agency mastermind group and, and it was a lot of like, you know, the Simon Sinek power of why, like, but forget, forget your company. Right. So it's like, talk about your why, but I don't want you to mention your company. It was, it was something that was really powerful. And one of the big things was I want to make an impact with every interaction that I have with my team. And and what I want is to be the defining moment in the success of everyone in the organization. Mm -hmm. That is a huge shift from where I was, you know, three years ago, because it was, I want, it was transactional. It was, if I, if I treat everyone great and I do, I do insurance and I do this and I do that, how everything all ties in, it works really well. And, and that pivot really changes. So getting, allowing someone to come back to the agency is 100% a thing that, you know, it's safe, but it has to, you have to be an effective communicator. Cause if you're like, Hey, I'm leaving in two weeks. I tell the entire team two week notice is a minimum, right? Right. Two week notice does not enable the agency for success. Like if you're one, you have to talk about the fact that you're thinking about leaving and two, you have to be open and not fear your job to have that conversation. And in a lot of cases, um, you know, it's, I've had those conversations with a couple of team members where I look back in the history and I'm like, Oh yeah, they would have been gone if I treated it the same way that I did before. So right. knock on wood, hashtag learning all the time. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Right. We're don't, don't take anything I say with face value and just run with it, but start thinking about how it can impact your business. For sure. So let's switch gears here a little bit. We'll go all the way yeah. from kind of high level management stuff and story to technical technical because this has come up um a couple different (laughs) times and we're going through it right now as as we're rebranding from do inbound to zen pilot yep so you guys didn't rebrand um but you did switch urls when when was this was this the beginning of 2017 this was this this was this what this? are we in right now? We're 2018. So we did it uh, December, <laughs> December 20th. With two zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did it um, December of 2017. Okay. Like, so December 20th, December 20th. Yeah. Um, Cause I wanted it to over two week period before we got started with the new year. I wanted to make sure we had all of our, all of our stuff figured out. So I should have looked this up. It was choose impulse before, right? Correct. And now it's, yep. now it's impulse now it's creative. Impulse creative. Yep. Yeah. So, so I purchased, I've been fighting for the domain since we, uh, since we named the company in 2012. Um, it was available. I did some searches on a couple different websites. Someone snagged it out from under me within like 30 minutes. Um, and, and so when it started out as a $15 domain, it ended up being almost a $3,000 domain. And so as we're building up, as we're building up the company and we're seeing some really great results, Um, we were like, you know, this is an investment we need. So I've owned the domain for two and a half years. Um, and I have been scared to do anything with it other than hook up emails (laughs) because I didn't want to, because I didn't want to screw up the momentum we had. Um, and so, you know, what we're talking about right now is switching, switching your domain you know, I did a whole heck of a lot of research and I'm, I'm a data nerd. So I'm trying to understand like use cases and there's not a lot of really good information out there around what it takes to choose a domain. And Google doesn't really share too much, but some of the key takeaways that I did from my research and through looking, and again, my research that I looked at to do your own due diligence. But when, when I did it was, it's not so much domain authority as it is website authority. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, 
is, you know, you've got to make sure just like, just like call forwarding with, with phones. Like if you change from one phone number to another, we want to make sure that people who call the original number get forwarded to the next one. That's probably one of the biggest issues that, that I had uncovered and, and I had known about is making sure you have 301 redirects and you update all of your links. And then we went into the website redesign, um, almost as if it was a rebrand. And so what I mean by that is mm. we, the structure of our pages and the structure, like the things we talked about, like HubSpot was probably 80% of the language that we had on there. And it was a lot of how HubSpot talks about things, inbound marketing, for instance. And like, it was just all inbound. And I think we had our core site, not including blogs, was probably 15 pages, right? So the blogs and stuff were, were a major thing. And it was also on a subdomain. So we had blog.chooseimpulse.com. And then we had, and then we had chooseimpulse.com, which was the main site. And so those core pages that we had, um, you know, were a little bit more scattered. They, they, we were like, oh, we need this page. We have to build this page. And like the, the keyword strategy around that page was very much singular. The, yep. um, the, you know, the title tags, the content really kind of sucked. And so what we did is we, the, when I came to the team, I was like, we need a, we need a brand new website. We looked at the site and I said, I don't want any, any existing content on this website at all. Like the logo is the only thing that's allowed to come across. And so we completely rethought the entire site. We looked at, um, we rebuilt the sitemap from the ground up. And essentially what we did is um, Screaming Frog is an amazing tool if you're, if you're transitioning uh, between websites and any clients that we come in contact with, we do a full inventory of every single page in there on, that is on the internet publicly. And so spreadsheets become your friend because you want to make sure that every old page now has a new destination or especially if you're switching URLs, it's going to a new place. And also gives you an opportunity to audit every single one of those pages. So including blogs, we had, uh, we had 729 pages um, mm -hmm. that we had to make sure that the IP or the authority transitioned over to. And um, of those pages, we realized that there were some pages we didn't want. And then, of course, with the services, we added a whole heck of a lot more. Um, and so we did, we did a lot of research on the keywords, obviously making sure that they are up to date. And for the record, like I, had, I found notes back when we built out the site. And I think inbound marketing was searched 1,200 times a month. Wow. Right. And now it's wow. ridiculous. So like, so when you're thinking about like the shoe cobbler shoes scenario there, like we built this website based off of what we knew of inbound marketing way back when. And the only thing we had going for us was time. So that one horrified me because we've got all this time and Google's looking at this domain and we're like, what is going to happen? And then on the flip side, we're switching over to this new domain. And so we, I basically made a checklist. It was making sure that every single page carries over the keywords that we were ranking for with authority. Yep. Making sure that those pages that we were eliminating were driving to areas, not just pages, but areas on the pages that had that mm -hmm. same authority. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, using anchor tags and, yep. use, and adding those into your redirects. So if we're talking about inbound marketing, for instance, but inbound marketing is halfway down on a page, like literally telling Google where on the page that information is right. so that Google doesn't have to do as much info. And then we went through and set up all those redirects. We wrote all the content based on the criteria. And the criteria was essentially, these are the 13 or 14 keywords that we are holding some serious rank for that are driving leads and driving traffic. These are like our holy grail. 
Mm-hmm. And so, so by paying attention to the stats on those and like making sure that everything was working, we, we went through and there was probably another hundred or so keywords that we were uh, monitoring. And I'm not talking about like using the HubSpot keyword tool, which you can't use anymore anyways. Right. I'm talking about literally doing a search and then having a VPN and doing another search of yep. each of the keywords and actually measuring yourself how far down on searches right. you are. And, um, and then we also did some uh, keyword analysis around those keywords in regards to today, how much is it searched and how long is the average uh, page content. Mm-hmm. And so the average page content was probably one of the defining reasons why this worked out really well because we're telling Google that we're moving and we want to tell Google we're moving to something better. Right. And so if they look at a page that is, you know, 200, you know, 200 words when the average is now 700 mm-hmm. and we and then we move them to a 200 word page, they're like, this isn't better. Right. And that's where I, I believe you could start to lose some authority. So what we did is we made sure that we were one and a half times whatever the average was okay. for all of our content, um, which adds a lot of ex- extra time and effort. And along with that, we made sure that every single one of those pages had a redirect and that every internal link on the site was updated. And that's the, that's the kicker mm. here. So if you change your domain, but yet all of the links or a majority of the links that are in your site link to your old domain, you're diluting that keyword authority. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're telling Google, I just switched my domain, but I'm not, I'm not actually going to make anything better on my site. Hmm. Right. So, so what we did is we went through literally find and replace, um, you know, screaming frog is really great for indexing and then identifying anything that has the old domain. Right. And we, we, we had to go through 700 blogs and update links manually in every single one of those blogs to the new URLs after we did the redirects to the user would never have known the difference because it would have redirected. But Google is going to go, Oh, like everything is updated. Like this is fantastic. And so we have seen a 100% increase um, in traffic since we did the, since we did the move, we moved the blog from a subdomain to a subfolder. So it's slash blog now. Yep. Um, and, uh, our, you know, in general, we're, we're trending up between 15 and 20% month over month on yeah. organic traffic. So, hmm. so we, we actually have zero paid traffic right now. That's my initiative is to try and get to the entire rest of the year without having to pay, yeah. um, for a, a single visit. And, um, and yeah, so just check your redirects. Make sure that you update all the links so that they're pointing to the right direction and make sure that you're mindful of the keywords you are ranking for and you make sure that that authority is there with the new destinations. Right. Wow. You broke it down kind of like you've thought about this before. So. <laughs> that, yeah, because I was scared. Right. I was scared. Everyone's like, why are you white-faced when we flip the switch? I was yeah. like, because I think this will work. <laughs> right. Yeah, not, not sure. That's one of, the, uh, one of the moments in life where you're like, one of the few moments where you regret all the work that went into blogging when you have to go through 700 blog posts and yeah. <laughs> manually yeah, sure. change up all these links. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Well, good. Well, I appreciate you breaking that down. I know you guys have a case study on it as well. So we'll make yep. sure we link up that in the show notes. Um, cool. So before I let you go here, yeah. you guys are putting out a lot of content right now. Yes. So let's just talk quickly about the resources that are out there. So people know what's available. You mentioned the podcast, Wayfinding Growth. Yep. 
Yep, Wayfinding Growth. So you can go to wayfindinggrowth.com. That'll forward you through to the section on our website that has the podcast. We've got uh, inbound.film we just launched this past week, which is uh, video resources. George B. Thomas is now on my team. He's been on my team for about six months now. And so he's uh, heading up a, his, his passion project, essentially, that he wants to build out this this like crazy video resource about anything you can do about video with business. And then we also have uh, Sprocket Talk, which is anything HubSpot related. Our objective is to beat HubSpot out with announcements via video and telling you about about them. Uh, George is doing quite well with that, and it's working so well that we're actually bringing the rest of the team into some of these. So you'll see a bunch of new faces, but you can check that out by going to sprockettalk.com. And then, uh, yeah, Impulse is uh, impulsecreative.com. So we've got our blog, and I do a uh, daily conversational marketing tutorial on Drift, and uh, every once in a while I come in on Sprocket Talk, and uh, we'll do one with HubSpot as the tool starts to mature. So we are putting out 85 videos a month right now, and about 23, um, 23 articles. Oh, and that's the other thing with the redesign. Every single page on our blog has a, or on our website has a video. So like hmm. every page has a video on it that talks about the services in that video. Or in that page. In that, right. Wow. So, yeah, 279 That's... videos now are on are live on our site. That's awesome. So, yeah. you're listening, you're watching, be inspired, not overwhelmed by that. That sounds like an awful lot of content to put out. Um, sure. Oh, and the people doing it. There's four people handling that content in addition to their normal jobs. Yep. So, no one is strictly dedicated to it. It's just a little bit of a discipline. And the videos, for the record, only take about 14 and a half minutes for us to produce and publish. So that's another podcast episode for us to yeah. <laughs> pull in you or George at some point and just walk through the workflow. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But yeah. um, sure. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you coming on, sharing. If you didn't catch it, if you completely zoned out during our SEO session there, <laughs> impulsecreative.com is the, is the URL. Yep to go find um, Impulse and learn more about Remington. Anywhere else you'd cool. suggest for people to, yes. to go track you down? So please don't email me. <laughs> emails <laughs> emails the vein of my existence. Um, on Messenger, at Remington Bag, on Twitter, at Remington Bag, you can, uh, you can tweet me, message me, direct message me. If you have any questions about um, where you're at, what's going on, or you just need another agency owner to talk to um, about an opinion, I am an open book. I will share all the pains, the gains, and everything that we've done. That's awesome. Remington, thanks so much for being awesome. here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Take care.